Hello and uh, welcome to the Dr. Lake Show. This is Dr. Paula Lake. Really pleased to be here today. I'm excited for this uh, topic um, and I'm excited for our guest. Uh, um, she is a leadership performance coach, works with businesses, small businesses, helps them in transition, helps them push businesses to the next level. Um, and she looks at what holds people back. Um, so has a lot to say and I'm so pleased to have you here Chrissy thank you Chrissy Thompson for being here today thank you thank you <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure it's always great I love uh, the sharing of minds right we grow through Absolutely. the sharing of minds and uh, I have also Dylan Soriano Pauling my uh, wonderful uh, assistant help uh, uh, co-producer here and uh, thanks to Chrissy we managed actually to get uh, the three of us on the line with uh, much more ease if I had not talked to Chrissy first hey Dylan hello Paula hello Chrissy <laughs> hello Dylan we went through a lot to try to work with these tech issues and then I phoned Chrissy and she gives me the answer to it all so um, you know we need we need we need people right <laughs> to help us find the easy way when we're working yeah. with the hard 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 approaches and then someone else just tells you a simple approach i think it's a, a great metaphor for life right is uh we need to reach out get out there so thank you and i'm looking forward to today's topic because uh it, it is uh, tied to i guess you know if you actually looked at a lot of my shows they have a through line, but you know we, we've had a I've had a previous show with Ginny Gosen on the lies we tell ourselves, and this is um let's say an offshoot uh, with uh, some um, going a little bit further with the topic of of core beliefs and and unpacking that a little bit more. And and Chrissy, you and I had talked a lot about the role that core beliefs can play in our lives, and um, and the impact it has, and it's not small, right? Absolutely. Well, big, big and small and good and bad, like there's a gift as well as a dark side to it. Uh, definitely a gift and a dark side to it. I think, you know, it's really figuring out, um, there's a bit of study that goes into the unpacking and discovering what it is that drives us. Um, I thought I might talk a little bit about core beliefs to help people understand what we're talking about. And maybe you can elaborate on that too, Chrissy. Um, one yeah, of the sure. one of the ways that I've thought of core beliefs um, is that there's something that we actually establish quite intrinsically within us, and it, they may even be outside of our awareness. Uh, core beliefs um, operate in our lives, in the decisions we make, and the things we do, but we may or not may not be aware of what those underlying core beliefs are, um, and mm -hmm. the you know so. Sometimes they can start early in age. But the thing about core beliefs is they're very convincing um, and they're very persuasive. Uh, there are beliefs we accept and we don't really necessarily question them. And until we actually pull them out of that subconscious realm, we just take them for granted. It, they, they are our truths and they're, they're perhaps our unquestioned truths. Um, and they're what shape, you know, our relationships, uh, the jobs we choose. Um, and so they're, they're underlined there. And so really you have to do a little bit of exploration to find out 
what is going on that is uh, affecting you and, and how do you do that investigation and then how do we change them? Um, mm. What would you like to add to that, Chrissy? Well, I think in my, my experience of working with individuals as well as my, my own experience through it is um, has a lot to do with how we were brought up and what we've adopted as truth from our parents' core beliefs and their parents' mm-hmm. core beliefs. And then there's a disconnect somewhere along the line as we grow and learn our own path through life that the disconnect is what allows us to see something a little bit different or get that uncomfortable feeling about it and where the maybe the guilt and the shame and the blame might come in because there's a lot of attachment to that core belief as what they knew is true. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that there's a lot of, well, exploration in core beliefs as to what defines us as today and just exploring what is our true values as moving forward and, and where do we want to adjust and, and realign our future beliefs in that um, mm-hmm. as to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the hard part is, um, is for, you know, core beliefs can also be positives, right? We can have positive core mm-hmm. beliefs, ones that empower us in life. Um, I think where we get um, limited is when we're we're talking about the ones that actually stop us from, I think, from being all our, well, living up to a certain potential that we have that exists within us um, can be really impacted by, let's say, I would call them a, a limiting core belief. Um, yeah. And, you know, one, one thing I want to point out is... Um, I do see a correlation between core beliefs that we have and our level of self-esteem. Um, I've ah. worked, I've worked a lot with, um, Lee Poulos, who was, uh, to many, in many ways, a mentor of mine, who was a, uh, I think a phenomenal psychologist, had a lot of influence in the world on, and worked really a lot with self-esteem. Um, and you know, it's, it's all those underlying, uh, judgments, evaluations of ourselves and others and the world. Core belief isn't just about us, right? Core belief yeah. is also about how we see the world, how we see people around us. And it really uh, shapes whether we can be assertive. It shapes whether we will take risks in life. It shapes whether, um, whether we uh, will achieve goals or even pursue our goals because we might if we have a core belief that blocks us from that and and that's the most important aspect of a core belief is that it impacts um essentially how you operate in the world right Mm -hmm. oh i believe it's part of who we attract to us as well Mm -hmm. in the sense of the same core beliefs will attract to each other and where there's um where there's a maybe a conflict with another individual would be a rubbing of different core beliefs. Mm-hmm. And here is the the clencher, right? Is uh, core beliefs? Um, they also have a very self fulfilling nature to them. Um, they filter what we see in the world. Um, my, if I. Um, 
believe that the world is there is full of people that you cannot trust and that there's um, no point in my reaching out to anybody because of that, um, then I may never actually have relationships in my life. And so yeah. core beliefs uh, will, and we will also be only, there's plenty of evidence of, um, of situations of people that are untrusting. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Van der Kolk talks about it in, even in, in, in light of trauma, that when we've gone through trauma, there is actually a part in the brain, which is a filtering system in the brain that uh, allows us to filter out information and that when we've um, already are predisposed, we will be finding, being exceptional and finding examples of what we already believe in. So this is the downside of having a core belief that blocks you is that you will probably find lots of reasons to uh, confirm your belief already. So we stay locked in it. It doesn't change. Right. That is so true. That is so true. I mean, it's as simple as, as somebody, for example, if somebody was to be cheated on and they hold that belief that that is what's going to happen every time they choose love, then they will never find love and it'll become their pattern of behavior time and time again. And I see it a lot within the workplace if they have, uh, they come from a place of always coming from a household maybe of parenting, of doing as you're told and always having to ask permission to do things first. They go to a place and in leadership, they cannot expand past that belief of that they always have to ask. Therefore, they're always stepping down from leadership in taking that role and it's it's all due to as you say self-belief self-esteem and their core beliefs of of self of what they've been taught as a youngster and and they're always playing in the background right um one thing i was wondering chrissy is i'm sure you've talked about a little bit about your own experiences around core beliefs and i always Mm. think about the people that are listening in helping them try and understand what, what does that actually mean? What might be some limiting core beliefs? Because we may have some empowering core beliefs, but what might be some limiting core beliefs? And I don't know if you've come across common ones that you um, tend to see a lot. Uh, certainly I can name a few core beliefs that I think are common ones I see. What, what have you noticed in your practice and work? Yeah, for me, uh that I hear is that um, they're not enough. They might feel like uh, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that I, uh, a lot of the teams that I work with are blue collar. They might have gone up the ranks due to learn to do by doing versus education. And so they come from a place of always knowing best and they, they sit with their, their ego and the ability to really expand of, maybe the learning capacity and feeling that their belief of I am enough, mm-hmm. which gets blocked by ego. And so it, it shows up in a different, on a different platform, but there's, there's the ones of, like you said, trust is another one of being able to trust uh, employees and trust their spouses. And it, it, it actually, it filters and it trickles down into personal and because at any time I work with somebody in business, 
it has to do with a lot of their personal as well as I'm sure you come across. Yeah. But it really comes from, from within. And so those are two trust and being enough and trusting self are probably the top that I deal with every mm-hmm. single time that I talk to somebody. Well, especially in business, right? Because um, people are really putting themselves out there and it's, it's, you know, uh, really it's your own brand, your own product, your own self that you're mm-hmm. um, having to uh, expose to the public scrutiny. And I think that it can be a very intimidating thing for people. And you had mentioned that a lot of um, the women, a lot of them tend to be women that you work with um, that Correct. have a lot of uncertainties as they're broaching into their business. And it can really hold them back and moving forward in their business when you when you run into that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because what it brings to mind is I was working with this one woman who had been a stay-at-home mom and she started in the HR world way back when and had her children and her children are now going into their, their 20s but has lost the belief in herself that she's still a businesswoman. Hmm. And that was part of her, her growth was really understanding where she took her HR structure, hmm. organization, everything that she really loved about the job and brought it into her home life and, you know, structured her kids were always on time, but you know, there was always the, the same kind of mentality as she brought and her learnings from her HR world. And so when she started her own company, it was the scared scarcity mentality of that. She was not enough. Who was she to, she's been a mom, just a mom for such a long time. And, and so it was the belief of her being an imposter of that was so many years ago that she was in HR. How could she ever, bring that forth again and it's mm-hmm. just allowing an individual to see who they were who they are and how they can be now and of course you're a changed individual after 20 years but the skills are still there the abilities are still there and the knowledge is always going to shift well and, and we can't change it until we become aware of it and I think that is the value of mm-hmm. getting some support right is being able to unpack True. those what what I'm going to you know, name a few, if you can, you might have others that come to mind. I'm going to say some that I run into. Um, and one common one I run into is the idea of, of perfectionism and, and people mm-hmm. uh, feeling that they need to, uh, they're only worthy of love if they put their best foot forward and anything less than that renders them shameful or um, unworthy. And so they, yeah. they strive for this, this level of always having to be perfect. And I, I, that's a common one that I see. Um, an, another one that I uh, find is, you know, I'm not smart enough. That can be a core belief that started when you're young. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. a limiting belief because um, I operate off um, the smarts that we do have. And we, uh, if we capitalize on the resources we have within us. Uh, I have a, a, a go into a lot of debates about even intelligence and what that actually means academically mm-hmm. or life life um, oriented towards life. Another really big one I see is um, I am weak for showing my feelings. Um, 
So oh, interesting for vulnerability. So there's a weakness, um, uh, and I think that especially with men, women are sort of we cultivate an ability to be a bit more comfortable, and, and we're already categorized as technically more emotional. Um, but that is a big one, and I think that ends up resulting in um, a lot of hiding uh, because if if sharing a feeling, especially one of vulnerability, is considered weak um, for for the core beliefs even of masculinity, um, that that ends up impacting how much they'll show and reveal to people and how much intimacy they can have. So these are profound effects, these beliefs. Right, um, my needs are not important Absolutely. is another core belief I run into a lot. Um, uh, you know, I need to. It's frivolous for me to look after myself or take care of myself. Um, mm. So there's, you know, don't trust anybody. People are, you know, one thing I find interesting is if we look at, um, if we look at on a larger scale politically. Uh, I think a huge representation of core beliefs are getting manifested, and we they tend to sort of come up also in times of crisis, right? Because we're we're yeah. dealing with core beliefs about trusting others and trusting government and trusting the medical system, and you know, so people are now facing some of those beliefs, and they're just coming out of the woodwork. And in, in my opinion, I think they coexisted prior. And you had yeah, some. You had some personal experiences yeah, yourself, uh, Chrissy, that you've been navigating and, and working through um, some of the core beliefs you found. You said some of it was professional, then you dealt with some of your own. Yeah, so one of, uh, this one comes up for me more than any other one, and it's uh, putting myself above others, um, and it's, not so much in an act of service way, but for myself to succeed in business, I find that I will always make myself less than so I don't come from a place of ego. And so as I was, when we had this conversation before, it stemmed from when I was a child at seven years old, I was in figure skating. I, it was my first year in figure skating and I, I've always been a natural athlete and back then I was, had no fear. I was flying around the ice, doing all these pirouettes and jumps and ended up getting eight badges in one year at the end. Of, I think it was up to dance four or something like that. I don't remember what the dynamic of or the um, details exactly were of each badge. And so when I was skating around, I remember skating around in a circle and I remember a mom leaning over the glass and saying something to me. I don't remember what she said. But afterwards, my mom was really upset. I remember her talking to the coaches, and it was my last practice for the season, so we go um, back home. And mom told me, I don't remember the details, I just mostly remember how I feel, but I remember that mom said something to the fact where I was no longer allowed to be in figure skating due to the fact that I had upset one of the moms because I was too good. And that I made her daughter feel horrible or something in the lines of that. Mm. As an adult now, looking back, I I do know that it had to do with I wasn't able to go to skating due to the financial burden of being in skating. Right. But I took that belief. I took that belief. It was mom and you more carried so it. protecting me. Yeah. I took yeah. that belief 
was that if I did well, that I would hurt others. Hmm. And, and that was and that started to shape yeah, it shapes the the way that you present, the way that you interact with the world, and how you show up in the world if you carry a belief like that, right? Yeah. So it's it's the littlest things that I mean I recognize it full stop now. It doesn't go away easy, but I still recognize it. So it was the point of if I did win a race, I never celebrated because that would hurt somebody. Wow. I would never um, if I if I felt that somebody was working harder than me in uh, because I was always in sports. Um, if I felt that say I was doing cross country race and somebody was behind me, I'd be that person that bring them across the finish line at the same time as me. Um, and so, but now in business sense, I find that I don't celebrate. I just go on to the next thing. And that can mm -hmm. be very damaging because then I feel like I'm never succeeding. I almost become like a success coward in a way, because if I get too big or I'm fearful of like I, I don't celebrate my successes in a way that some do uh, in my industry due to the fact I don't want to look too big mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm a very successful coach I, I, I mean as, as you know Paula mm -hmm. we invest in real estate we do like oh you guys really do amazing things, things absolutely that. yeah and and I'm definitely one that's in the shadows and if you if it just doesn't come forefront. So it's very challenging for me to step out and say, oh yeah, look what we're doing. But it would be coming from, in my perspective, it comes from a place of a teaching opportunity for people to say, hey, how are you doing that so we can get ahead? Mm -hmm. But I, I step away from it due to the fact that it might hurt that one person. So I really have to really check in with myself every time that I feel that excitement because mm -hmm. I can feel myself suppressing excitement. Wow. Like I just got accepted onto a, a national, the national board of directors for the fairs and exhibitions. And, um, that was a milestone for me. And mm -hmm. it wasn't even like I celebrated with Gary, my other half, which I was excited for. But to me, it's just like looking at it now, there, sh there could have been a more excitement around it and just shouting from the rafters because it was a milestone for me with my volunteer side of things. Mm -hmm. And so it's just those little tiny things. You don't realize how much they hold you back, but mm -hmm. they are part of my core belief, which then become my limiting belief. And so in that aspect of it, it's what I work on all the time. And I'm, and I'm open to always be aware and to recognize when I have that emotional surge to not be enough. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I do notice ab about you, Chrissy, is y you've done some work and you've done the work of uh, taking the time to even recognize these. And I get the sense that you're also in the kind of environment that helps you be able to um, work with that, challenge it. Because the truth is, I, I think we all have some form of negative belief and even or limiting mm. belief, even um, I think even as you accomplish goals, we, we encounter other limiting beliefs. It's, I find that as <laughs> part of the journey for me, I find it pretty magical because it's almost like we get to conquer cool. them and look at them as, as we keep moving through the journey of life. 
Um, but in the absence of being aware of them is when we are trapped within them. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's some beliefs I, I even willing right now I might not be able to access. But I, I, I always think, I remember a coach I saw, she, has this, uh, she said she made a statement on her, a tag statement, which is life is better with a coach. And I think hmm. there is some truth to the fact that, um, you know, when we look at life from a growth mindset, and rather than um, achievement mindset, we can keep mastering the challenge that every every season of our life brings, right? And but you've done that work, you and you are also doing a, a lot of work in in that personal insight. Um, what what kinds mm. of things have helped you unpack that and and work with it so that you're not getting held back by it well first and foremost i'm really in tune to how i feel Mm -hmm. um the emotional i always say it's a compass really of of our body and so in order to feel good or uh feel something sometimes there's a there was a numbness and i i mean i've gone through the stage of numbness and so for me, it's allowing myself to really see where I am. And I, I kind of created this, it's, I call it the D-bar method, which is um, it's my own personal invention. And uh, it was just something that kind of worked for me. So I would dissect whatever the circumstance was in, in the moment of time. And so for example, if I use the example of my limiting belief of I can never win because I will hurt somebody, that's right. a that's a circumstance that I believe is true. And so my, my belief is that, um, that I will hurt people if I do that. And so the emotion that I get is that like, obviously a gutted negative feeling. And so I would, if I couldn't name the emotion, if I couldn't put like a title to it, I would describe what was happening in my body. So therefore I would have an awareness around what was happening in my body. So if I felt that, I would go, oh, there's that thing again. And then I would create and recognize the belief that I had around it, which is that I would hurt people. But then I would create um, an action. So this is obviously um, an acronym for D-bar. So D is dissection, E is belief, or sorry, E is emotion, belief, A is action. And so the actions or inactions I would do, I would either pursue what I was going after and believe in myself wholeheartedly moving forward, or I would take a step back and let somebody else take that spot. Okay. And and that's what kind of happened with the, the national board that I sit on. I was asked if I would sit on the board of directors, and it was just going to be a shoe-in for me. And what happened is I had to actually do this work because there was um, about a, two hours before somebody said, or sorry, a day before somebody said prep a speech because you actually are going to, it's going to be up to vote who gets the position. Hmm. And instantly my first default emotion was to back away. And my action was going to be like to send them an email saying, oh no, if she wants it, she can have it. But this was a milestone of mine. And so I really had to dive, like, dive in and say, okay, where am I standing in my own way here? Mm-hmm. This is This is not being mean to somebody is both of us going after the same goal and both of us can do the job. So I can look at it like it's a both a win and as well as 
if, if I get the position, it's right for the timing. Mm -hmm. And so my action at that point was at first was to pull away. And, and then I created, so it's like, where's, where's that emotion was my action was to write an, an email or resign so that the other person could get in. And then the result would have been left with me feeling lack or right, right. Like, there I am again, doing that behavior over and over again. Right. And right. so there's a flip to it. And the flip is creating the person that you want to be almost like a future self of your being. Mm-hmm. And it's the same circumstance. Nothing changes in the circumstance. But this way, if I flip it, I get to choose what I believe is that I am worthy of that position. I've been in the fair and, and exhibition industry volunteering since I was a kid and sat on a board of directors for over 25 years. And so there's no, it's not being better than somebody else. It's just being my better self. And that's how I choose to believe that now. Mm-hmm. Then my emotion is a feeling of pride, joy. And then I choose a different action. I just choose to be with it. I choose to just move forward and to expand my belief in self and the results are that I'm sitting on the national board Mm -hmm. so I choose this way of of doing this work and doing this exercise and it's just simple like sometimes I write the word bear down which is belief emotion action result and it's because this bear is like growling at me from the inside and so I can (laughs) rewrite what I can rewrite what I what I want from it and I just choose a different way of thinking and I was, my, my favorite quote is uh, belief is just the thought we continue to think is true. So my thinking around or my belief is of that thinking that I'm going to hurt somebody is actually untrue. Mm-hmm. And even if it does hurt somebody, I cannot hold it as my truth mm-hmm. or my own, my own actions when my intent is so pure. Well, you mentioned a few things in terms of the process you went through, but certainly the, the acronym gives you a structure to work with it, sounds like, um, And mm-hmm. but becoming that awareness. And this is what I find really interesting is that awareness happens at a pre-conscious level because when we're mm-hmm. feeling something in the body, the conscious mind has not formulated yet what the issue is until you actually stop and investigate and it sounds like that was a bit of a process you went through because um, first you identify what, what's going on in your body and then you're trying to make sense mm-hmm. of it and put words to it. We're kind of doing a backward investigation. And I think then the question is, how do we become aware of them? Um, you know, mm-hmm. the implications of um, our core beliefs are huge. And, you know, we can even say that there might be different core beliefs that happen within different populations that we, you know, women may have different core beliefs than men, you know, about assertiveness, standing up for yourself, um, what rights you have as, uh, you know, and all of that shapes the decisions we make. Um, Here are some ones that I'd come across. Uh, This was in, on a website um, from relationships, uh, listed here I, I will catch up with you on that in a minute but what some of the rules and they said the rules by which we live and i like that concept because when we have a core belief we may come up with certain rules of life um, and mm-hmm. here are some ones that give you examples uh don't try too hard at anything you know 
never ask questions and challenge opinions, never expect to get ahead, um, never try out for a sports team, never quit a job, never ask for anything, always work extra hard, never say no to anything, always strive to be perfect, never admit to a fault. We already saw that core belief <laughs> in action and <in laughs> politics, right? <laughs> I got to throw that in once in a while. But, you know, but core beliefs are everywhere, right? And 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 the That's fact so that those are I call them limiting. And when it, you know, it's interesting you talked about the body. Uh, one of the things I I do in is is the first point is um figuring out what your core beliefs are and mm-hmm. so uh how, how do you deal with uh you can ask yourself questions and trying to find out how you um uh, deal with beliefs um uh, how you what core beliefs you have um for example how do you deal with mistakes that might give you an idea of what a core belief is if you get really upset and devastated and you take days to recover because you've made a mistake, <laughs> that <laughs> might give you an idea what a core belief is. Um, if you yeah. if you always give in in the middle of a conflict and, and try to pacify everything right away, that's going to give you an idea mm. of what a core belief is. Um, how you manage with the idea of being alone is going to give you ideas of core belief. And one of the things when I look at limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs, I always feel like they're they're closing doors and empowering beliefs open doors. So a limiting belief um, will stop us on our track from either asserting a need or um, or like you said, even uh, approaching a board and and uh, you know willingly, allowing yourself to be nominated and elected, right? Um, you know, so it, 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 it can shape it. And what you want to do in, in trying to identify that is the first one, as you had mentioned, is I actually think limiting beliefs um, de- deprive us of energy. Um, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever observed that, Chrissy. Um <laughs> I've felt it and observed it. Yeah. It, well, it's <laughs> they are inherently disempowering. I think, in the sense, um, as humans, we we have uh, action tendencies, and limiting beliefs kind of stop us in our track. Right? It's like, a, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's fatiguing and draining. And I think, you know, it, when I'm trying to help people unpack what what's what are some limiting beliefs that you carry. Um, check in in the moments, as you mentioned, when you notice something going on internally inside you. Um, what what is it that's happening? Are you when you consider uh, applying for a job and you immediately tell yourself you're not qualified? Um, my bet is you're going to feel a bit tired in your body and and a drain of energy because uh, they it impacts us on a physiological level because. Um, you know, limiting beliefs often get in the way of those dreams and goals we may have, whether you want to be more assertive or uh, feel more confident going in the world. uh, It's going to be the piece that stops you from being able to move beyond and getting that goal that you have, because that limiting belief is always telling you 
what you can't do, what the world won't understand, what won't happen. Um, and so mm -hmm. this is really, really important, I think, for everybody to do, spend some time in their life. You know, again, I remember a quote, an, an unexamined life is not a worth life worth living. And I, okay, that's as extreme as that may sound. Um, I, I understand the premise of that in, in the sense that um, we can have have more agency in our life if we take that time mm -hmm. to be introspective and instead of being the victims in our journey of life, we will have a greater sense of agency and we can't have that until we start to become more aware of those um, ideas and beliefs that get in the way. Any, you have any thoughts? I love that. Any thoughts, Dylan, that you'd yeah. like to share? Um, I've just been here soaking this in like a sponge. I feel like one of the big um, limiting beliefs I've been observing lately is the belief that your belief system is the one that's for everybody else. Um, mm. That one, I think, is something that's been a very like divisive um, belief and I think it's something that I'm I'm terrified of like becoming an old man and feeling like disdain in my heart that's one of the things that I like don't want to, to happen in my life right so I try to see like what leads to that um, and I think that's one of the yeah the big ones that um, I think is really easy to slip up on like I think I slip up on it all the time um, it's really easy to have opinions that you think apply to everybody so when yeah. you have you an opinion, <laughs> the assumption is that other people also think the like same? Like what's best for you is, is best for um, others, or they should. And I think yes. we're seeing that like in politics, and particularly right now, that it's like this us versus them. Oh, it's um, completely I, divisory, right? And, and you know, mm -hmm. yeah, and that it's important that our, our belief system is devalued if someone isn't also thinking the same thing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so it's um, it's con yeah, the wor wor value of it is contingent on 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 convincing others to think the same way um absolutely i know one of the ones this is an ironic thing because it's taken me years from when i was young and started my training um the relevance and even going through an academic career um which i thoroughly enjoyed probably the best times of my life um I still remember thinking of the whole concept, and here I am as a psychologist <laughs> saying this, but I had moments where I really didn't feel that I had the time for self-care and, and that that was almost frivolous. Um, and that has certainly altered, And I, but I did a lot of work and still continue to alter that belief because there's always things to do in the world. And the change and shift for me was in completely starting to value that the the refueling. Thus, I I do shows on burnout and talk about that because I think it you know our culture also can feed our limiting beliefs um, and tell us what we should and we can buy into it. You know, don't believe everything you think. If you're going to hear a theme on the show, it's going to be don't believe everything <laughs> you think, right? Um, Chrissy, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, well, it's. That's such a beautiful example because I used to hold myself similar to, to Dylan. I used to hold myself. I could, it was like the vulnerability side. I couldn't show 
people that I had to do my work because I had to be the expert in my field. Yeah. And so if I showed that I ha- was doing my work, it means that I'm not as educated and or as good or as, you know, all these things come into thought. Mm-hmm. But the reality and the truth behind all of it is if you hold yourself in the space of showing your vulnerability, connecting at a deeper level with your clients and letting them know that you've had this path, there's a reason why, and I'm still working towards whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just live on purpose now instead of looking for a purpose. There's a complete different mentality and aspect around how I show up on a daily basis versus mm-hmm. always needing to be right, needing to be mm-hmm. the one that people look to because I got my sh- stuff together. Oh, the four. <laughs> and, and it really does change the way you interact with the world, right? Once you've, you know, so if we're operating off that, and if we alter that, then I think there's much more embracing of different ideas, and we can be relaxed and not threatened. So those are important um, things to look at. Um, what would yeah, you What would you recommend? Hap- yeah, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because what happened in that process of me understanding and seeing how I was showing up as I was actually disconnecting to the rest of the world because I was actually living in somewhat of a lie to my, my truth because of the fact where if I couldn't connect to myself, how could I be of any help on how to have others connect to themselves or move through something if I wasn't able to be that example of what it mm-hmm. looks like? Mm-hmm. to fall apart to build yourself back up or to see where and own your wrongness or your lessons in life. I, I didn't show my lessons because I thought I would be shown as weak. Wow. That's, that's this why this is so important because it can, uh, it can astronomically, I think it can change our lives, change the way we relate to the world. If we do And, you know, part of the initial um, podcasting I did was on emotional intelligence. And and really, we're Mm. through the course of this, these conversations, we always keep um, really developing. These are conversations about developing emotional intelligence. And the first one is you got to take that time. We are driven by our automatic beliefs. And if you don't take the time, one thing I, I will ask for people to sort of try and see, let's see if we can sort of unpack what are some things that um, you might notice some patterns in your life, uh, whether it's to, to unpack and get, let's try and find out what limiting beliefs I have. Uh, so if you're repeatedly finding yourself in relationships that are conflictual, where uh, you, you end up being more submissive in the relationship that, that would be a time to look into it. You know, when you're looking at patterns that are not serving you and that you feel are repeatedly present, presented to you, that may be a time to try and uncover what a limiting belief can have. There, one of the sites that I wanted to mention, I mentioned, wanted to mention earlier is called relationship, betterrelationships.org. And they had a nice um, piece on, on um, um, core beliefs one of the ways they set it up is figure out what your rules are and then see if you can find out what some beliefs are behind the rule. So for example, uh, one rule was keep the peace. That could be the rule. What is the 
they would say they call it a catastrophic prediction. The other person will get angry. It will be my fault. The relationship will end. So look at what the rule is. And then once you figured out the rule, see what beliefs you have around the consequence. Like never say no. Ask yourself, what's the consequence of never saying no? Um, People will get mad at me. Uh, They'll think I'm selfish and I'll be a bad person. Now you're starting to find a pathway to uncovering what limiting beliefs are. Um, Another belief could be don't express anger. And that may, you ask, what is the consequence of not expressing anger or expressing it? Is that um, it'll, uh, people won't accept me. I'll be rejected. So it's up to... That is such a powerful example. Really good examples, yeah. And And a great way to start to unravel what your limiting beliefs might be Uh, don't make decisions or take action Uh, what would be the consequence if you make a decision I will do the wrong thing and I'll make things worse so you can do some of this stuff on your own I think it's helpful often to do it in the presence of somebody who can support you because um, when I've worked with people one of the things I do I will actually give them a handout and I'll have them think about limiting beliefs in different areas of their life um you know might be uh, f- um, physical it might be leisure or i'm not good at anything i remember a woman who had a mantra yeah. which i know is a core belief of i can't that was her mantra and the interesting thing oh. is not only was that she couldn't she really couldn't but she could in the full potentiality of of life she was capable um, had lots of great traits, was able to function in the home. But in her belief, it was so core that it was also resistant to shifting. And the thing that's challenging about a core belief is because it's self-perpetuating. So what happened in her mantra of I can't, she didn't try anything. And as you know, if we don't play in the game, we can't. <laughs> we can't learn the game. We only learn by playing. And that it was consistently reinforced because the more she avoided doing things, the further behind she felt in being able to do it. So she wasn't comfortable with being a beginner. And it held a whole bunch of other core beliefs, such as um, I can't do anything well anyways. And the other thing is, at the end of it, I think no matter what our skills and our abilities are in our lives, we need to be at peace with ourselves who we are as and build on our strengths and if we fail or we we don't do things the right way um, we need to be at a place where we can embrace ourselves regardless of our failings or our mistakes and when we carry these core beliefs they often there's some shame tied to it right that we have to um, live up to these standards um, in order to to um, to succeed or otherwise there's no point trying right yeah. One other thing too, as well, um, that I, I use with my clients is when I, I'll, I'm obviously able to recognize the word should. Mm-hmm. That is when you use the word should in a sentence, that is a belief of some sort that either I should or they should. It's a, it's a belief that you've created. And that is another trigger word for myself that I will ask what is the expectation around the word I should because right. I always say to my clients it's, it's try not to shit all over yourself because it that will hold yourself in that limiting belief space instead so I 
often I'll have, if there's a, I should, I'll ask what the expectation is around the should. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll ask them to create an agreement with self boundaries with self to really highlight what is something that they're able to look at and be with in around that should. So Mm -hmm. I should have not said those things. I should have been in control of my, my wording towards and not speaking in anger or whichever those, those ideals are. And it was when I understood and could recognize what all the shoulds were in my clients, I was able to recognize it. Um, well, in myself, sorry, I was able to recognize it in my clients because every time I say for my other half, oh, you should pick up your socks today, realistically, I have an expectation yeah. and my limiting be- or my belief is that he should be more clean than he is. Poor guy, I'm bashing this <laughs> sugar, but, <laughs> but the, the thing is, it's not about the socks. It's about my thinking around the thought yeah. of the socks on yeah. the floor. Yeah. which is causing a disruption in my whole being. And I mean, I'm using it in such a simple, simplistic term, but it it can be with any, absolutely anything to that person should not speak to me that way, but they did. And so how do you handle that? Because yeah. they did. That's how they spoke to you. Or I, I, I backed away from taking a position on the board of directors and the guilt that I have afterwards because of that, or I would have had afterwards because of that, mm-hmm. all those are new emotions that we have to deal with. And then we hold ourselves in almost in contempt. Well, I should have ran for it anyway. And so it's, how do you deal with those and really recognize? And I love that example of just asking yourself those realistically simplistic questions to get mm-hmm. yourself thinking and having a different perspective on your thought process. Mm-hmm. It's so important to unpack it. You know, if I when I when I will provide a you know a, a venue for people to record their beliefs and and track them and become more aware of what they are, I always want to replace it with an empowering belief. So it I, because for me, I look for a compass. What are we moving towards? If a belief is that me showing my sadness is weak what would be an empowering belief? So even if you don't believe the belief right away, don't worry about it. (laughs) Just see if you can at least find a target and that would, you know, be more in alignment with what you desire. So we might pick out um, that uh, it's courageous for me to be able to express my emotion or I'm creating a safe space for other people to share their emotions. There's a lot of empowering yeah. beliefs that you can draw, even from one limiting one. And then what we do is I I look for avenues to strengthen that new belief that you're looking to strengthen. Um, I, I might encourage hypnosis. Um, you know, I might do some particular work with internal family systems to strengthen a belief. Um, The other thing I really want people to do is to challenge their beliefs by looking outside of themselves. Sometimes you can have a mentor who lives in a way very different from you. Um, You know, it's funny, Lee Poulos, I had mentioned earlier, he has a 
uh, a hypnosis audio. Uh, he's now he's 90 years old when he retired, so he's not really publishing now. But he had a hypnosis audio called Trans Identification, and and what he did in that one was you found a role model that you really admired and respected. And then in your hypnotic session, you actually absorb and imagine yourself absorbing the qualities of that person. And so if you're non-assertive and you don't feel worthy of standing out and, and speaking up and having a difference of opinion, you might want to find someone that you do admire and respect and start to imagine yourself emulating what they believe and think around their ability to be that way. So there's so many different ways we can work around it. Um, Another thing I do recommend for people to do is start to look for exceptions to your rule. (laughs) Look for exceptions to your rule. Um, One thing I see a lot, you know, a core belief, I don't know if you run into this, Chrissy, uh, people have lots of core beliefs around aging. Oh, I'm too old for this. Yes. I, I remember talking to someone. She's yes. like saying, well, she's 40 years old. It wasn't appropriate that she was wearing that skirt, <laughs> right? And <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's, not, it's not appropriate to be dressing <laughs> like that at certain age. And so that's a, yeah. I think that's a, a cultural core belief that we carry around us, that once you're a certain age, you, you don't exercise anymore. You don't have fun anymore. <laughs> you got to be serious all the right. time. Um that we start to you look for exceptions because they always exist. And they're, they're the targets that I always look for. They're the ones that inspire me because they break the rules. I look for the rule breakers because the rule breakers have a lot yeah. to, to teach us about the possibility that exists um, for, for us that we might not. You know, if, if no one flew to the moon, we would never believe you could fly to the moon, right? It's So the core beliefs, we can draw them from what we see outside of us, not just inside us. You have a thought there? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I well, get all charged up. Mm-hmm. No, that, it's beautiful, though, because it's a great, like, I'm absolutely loving this conversation because it's one of those things that it's so true. And even for Gary and I, we have our five core people that we individually love to hang around with mm-hmm. that make us better people. Mm-hmm. Plus, we also believe that as a couple, we hang around with couples that are powerful and that hold the same kind of, of energy. And, um, uh, you were invited to what we did the, the yes we had that was a wonderful night <laughs> dinner party and I, yeah. I created that because I felt that Gary and I were getting a disconnect because we were so in tune to our business mm-hmm. and we both love speaking about business we love being in our craft 110 percent and our relationship is important as well and so what a better way to bring couples together who love to work on their craft just as much and Absolutely. talk business and yeah. just always building each other up, supporting each other. And so that's why I started inviting really powerful couples as, mm-hmm. as well as you and, and your other half as well, because mm-hmm. of the fact where it, you bring yourself to another level of love for your partner, for the enjoyment of being in connection with others. And yes. Um, soon after COVID disappears, we will start that program up again. Because I think it, that'd be amazing. It yes. is, yeah, it is just, it's, 
it energizes myself and I know it energizes Gary as well as just to be around like-minded individuals that have something to offer to the conversation. And it's not about talking about other people. It's not about um, putting other people down. It's lifting people up. It's about lifting innovative ideas. Which and it's just, I really go ahead. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just saying like, it's part of that, that belief system that other people, we are energy beings. And so others bringing like-minded individuals that have core beliefs that you want to, I don't want to say mimic, but how about emulate, emulate, emulate. Yeah. That's the perfect way. And because of the fact where there's always growth in our being and, um, yeah, it's, well, it's actually, to, be, to be honest, what, you, what, what you're saying, I think, is 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 um, not at all. I think it's so important because uh, we actually I've heard it said, if you want to know something about somebody, um, get to know their five closest people. And because yeah. one thing there is some truth to if, if we understand how the brain operates, which has been always an area of interest of mine is that we um, we share space. And, and the more space, psychological space, you share with someone, they become your sphere of influence. So we are most influenced by the people we spend most time around. And um, our uh, choice, it's very, very challenging, I might say, to uh, try and change your life and change something when you're surrounded with people who are not able to guide you or, or at least model and represent something you want to move towards. It's much easier. I actually heard, remember hearing Tony Robbins mention it once that um, we become more closely because we crave connection when we're with people who are operating perhaps on a level we, we, we want to move away from. And I say that because we all are at different stages. I never uh, diminish anybody with where they're at. But if you're in the, the space with people that that are not in alignment with our goals, that we still, in that desire of connection, may compromise our own values and what is what we're aspiring to, so we can stay and maintain that connection. And I've certainly seen that in different places where people have been trying to quit drinking, and you know, or they're trying to be more assertive, or they're trying, you know, in, in a negative context. And remember that. If you're in a context of trying to build yourself up and get to know yourself, but you're in another environment that instead diminishes you. And I've heard stories of teachers that will tell people you'll never get anywhere. Um, you, you know, so the people we people are important. And if you're not in a in a environment that that will support that, it's so important to look for that environment. Um, I, I was good friends with a nun, and I just loved her dearly um her name was shirley walsh and one of the things she always said is follow the life-giving path and and for me it's the people that feed life into you and you know who they are because when you're around them you feel good about yourself when you're around them you start to have more hope when you're around them you start to believe things about yourself you wouldn't otherwise believe they are your tribe that you should be finding and and spend time with because it's very hard. It's an uphill battle when we're not in the right context. 
so true. Our emotions mm. are a compass. I say that all the time. Emotions are a compass, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the other thing is uh, patience. Notice that beliefs don't change in a day. Uh, repeat the things that worked in helping you feel good. So if you find yourself slipping, don't get discouraged. Um, just keep, I've, I've always said, you know, when we're trying to achieve something, it's never a straight line going to the top. It's often more like a swirly line where we're making momentum and then we have a step back and we're making momentum and have a step back. So keep at it. Don't give up. Those, those moments when we go back to old patterns is okay. It just means we need a little more time to brush up to get to the next level. I don't know. you have any other thoughts or suggestions, um, Chrissy, to offer people in making these changes? Yeah, I would just, I would just suggest to just really check in with what doesn't feel good and get curious. Because mm-hmm. curiosity is is what has kind of set me free to understanding that it's okay to have an emotion. It's okay to have a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. Right. Just get curious about it and start asking. Like, I, uh, I love your question process because it's so true. And in order to get curious, we have to ask ourselves questions. You do. And the last thing is it, it can be hard work. And yeah that's okay and it takes time as you said it is hard work but it's worth it nobody likes it yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. one of my one of my coaches he he said you know like if we're constantly at a car level of emotion and um then you're never going to feel the depth of love if you can't feel the depth of the sorrow almost and so when you feel you're able to feel deep you're able to feel immense love and so that's been my goal is to feel all emotions yeah. full, like wholeheartedly yeah. because on the other end of it, there is a beautiful gift yeah. and it's never failed me to know yeah. that in order to do my work, I get a, an amazing gift at the end and yes. it's, it's growth. It's, it's being able to lift myself up. It's not the need of any other person. It's being able to stand in my own truth and being able to be vulnerable and be authentic as I speak, because I'm, I don't have that fear of, that's not true. I do have fear sometimes of what people think about me, but I, I tend to work through it a lot easier and I recognize when that does come into play. And so I can do my work at all times. And so to be able to be just living with intent is, is a great way and I have lots of limiting beliefs that I still work through and yeah. they they kind of come with my default emotion mm-hmm. that my my brain feels is the need to be and all of a sudden I'll have to remember what I've been practicing all along and so from what we've learned as children has been a long time and of practicing until we're deciding to make that stance and make that change. So mm-hmm. of course we're going to default into that mindset of how we were, mm-hmm. but how we want to be is the power. And that is where I try to live from. It doesn't always work, but I, I keep on doing my work because in the end it just, I'm able to level myself out in a playing field that is, is so beautiful and just, mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's work. wonderful. I think that's and it's it's a it's a it's a journey, but it's a journey that where the gains are much greater than if you were to uh, not go on that path. And that's always been my orientation. Uh, it's 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 actually people might say it's easier not to change. It's easier not to do the work. <laughs> Um, and I've always thought, well, you know, it might feel easier just right in that moment. Um, but I actually think it ends up getting harder. Um, I think that when we when we stay on that path of, of, of a growth mindset, which means it doesn't really matter where I started from or where what point I'm at, what matters is that I keep inching my way forward and doesn't have to be in leaps and bounds um, it, I, I've always said it's the direction we're moving. It's not how fast we're going. So it's not a race. Yep. Just be kind to yourself. Keep looking in and find those safe places where you can do those explorations and, and challenge those beliefs. It is worth it. You'll gain more in the long run. And I always want people to yep. understand that this isn't ever a quick fix. If we are, you know, as... I started working on um, my self-hypnosis when I was 19 and I did hypnosis for a year. And, you know, what I found was that was amazing. I don't know if I would have done it if someone introduced it to me when I was 30. But at that in that age group, I was very open and receptive and I did it daily. So I didn't expect results right away. But then over time, you'll find that those core beliefs, if you've managed them long enough... Um, or dealt with them, they actually do start to shift. Um, just yeah. keep keep the practice every time, even if you slip. But give it time, and I don't mean just a month. <laughs> when I say give it well, time, the mind the mind is so powerful because it doesn't know the difference between physically or mentally doing something. So yeah. whether we envision how we want to feel and be then we've already been there. So we just keep practicing in our minds. Yes. And sooner or later, it just becomes yeah, absolutely. What, who we are. Yeah. And, and I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost uh, magical. I think, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you, for anyone who might be overwhelmed and maybe um, has some, maybe a number of beliefs that they're struggling with, I'd say start with one. If you, when, when we can change one thing, let's say um, there's a belief I have that I, I'm, I can't say anything in, in a public situation or a social and suddenly I challenge it and I do it. If you can start to believe in the process and you can have one example be the source of that experiment, let's say you do experiments with yourself, that once you start to gain belief in one domain, it gets much easier to spread it to the others. So don't be worried about how much. Start with something. Start with that little piece nugget that gives you hope to move, keep moving forward. I think we've made some brilliant points here there. Chrissy? I think so too. I might be quoting you on some of my uh, upcoming <laughs> social media posts. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're spreading <laughs> spreading it out. <laughs> exactly. Dylan, anything you wanted to say or contribute I think that was a, just a lovely discussion to, you know, be here to mostly listen to. Um, yes. It's really, yeah, it's really opened my eyes further to maybe some of the hurdles I personally have to kind of 
um, get over. I know from my experiences, especially the last while, I've been going through um, some dramatic changes. And Mm -hmm. like you said, it's a slow thing. I thought some of the things I'd be doing would change overnight. And I'm still, you know, working on it. Um, But a lot of my goals I've I've been realizing um, through, like, successive failures. (laughs) Yes. I'm always um, amazed with you, Dylan. You know, and I, I've always you. thought you don't give yourself enough credit, but um, I, I I get it, you know, and that's why I think it's so important that these things get talked about. Um, and, and you know, Dylan has always been, just so you know, a val- very valuable resource for me. And I, I mentioned to you, Dylan, how how important you are to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I feel very, like, very um, blessed to, yeah. Well, I, I think, would, would you call me your security, security blanket? <laughs> my security blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what's nice is I can just call Dylan. Hey, Dylan, I'm having an issue. And he's, like, always been a huge support. So that's been awesome, yeah. you know. Chrissy, you know, it's so great talking to you. I think, you know, we may end up, uh, certainly we'll, I look forward to our power couple group meetings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait for them to uh, join in again. Maybe we have to do TV dinners and uh, all around our computer. To, well, there you go. The time being, but. Have a glass of wine <laughs> and have a, a conversation. I think that's possible. So yes, that's th- right. thank you. And maybe we'll have another time to talk on, on a show. It's uh, been great talking to you. And uh, let's let's stay in touch. We'll talk soon. And thank you so much for taking the time here. I really enjoyed oh, talking absolutely. to you. It's been a pleasure. Chrissy, take it's good been care. It's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. You too. And we will talk again. Okay, okay take care. Take good bye-bye. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was uh, Chrissy Thompson. Uh, she is a business coach, works with uh, people starting either in transition uh, in their businesses or wanting to take their business to another level. And uh, I've been here with uh, Dylan Soriano Powling, uh, always uh, a pleasant presence. I, I love that presence here. So Hey, Dylan, take care. Thank you so much. Take care, Paula. Been great having take you. Take care, Christy. And, uh, Have a great time, everybody. Until next time, all the best. <laughs>